This is Kingdom Faith, where we talk about the Christian life, the good stuff, and the hard stuff. On this week's episode, I have a good friend of mine, Pastor Mitch from Alabama, Birmingham, Alabama, from his church, Canaan Baptist Church. Um, And we're going to dive just a little bit deeper, as he's going to tell us a little bit about himself. We're going to dive deeper into practical discipleship. And, And... before you know, before I ask you all your personal questions okay. yeah. and things like that, um, you know, this means this topic means a lot to me because I had people in my life who showed me how what it was like to follow Jesus Christ, and I think that's important. So I'm glad we are talking about yeah. that, um, not just you know getting to know who you are, but really diving a little bit deeper into how to how to be better followers of Jesus Christ. So, Mitch, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Mitch Grissett, and I'm currently serving as the senior pastor at Canaan Baptist Church, and that's uh, located right outside of Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, we're we're a church-like many that are kind of going in the post-COVID season of trying uh, really to, to get people back involved and see the, really the necessity of discipleship, mm. of what the greater need there is there, because many people say, well, you know, I've, I've gotten used to this separation from the church, and they've kind of lost a desire for growing mm. a little bit deeper. Yeah. So that's uh, we're in that same kind of season that everybody's going through with that, but uh, God's been good in those things. Um I've been there at Canaan, well, this the end of May will be a year, mm-hmm. and it, it's been a joy serving there with, along with a lot of good people, and uh, so that's that's something that's been new to my family and I. Mm-hmm. As we moved there, we previously were at, in Baldwin, Mississippi, and before that, we're in Tuscaloosa for 18 years uh, there. I, um, I've been married to my wife, Jessica, for 17 years this April. I have a son, Mason, who's 14, and a daughter, Bella, who's 12. Mm. And they, the two of them are with me along in this mission trip, and uh, uh, they're, they're having a pretty good time. And so we, yeah. we've, we've enjoyed our time up here in Huntington. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. That's great. Um, so, so Pastor Jimmy wanted me to ask you about football. Yeah, football. So tell me about football. Well, you know, football is a big deal in the South. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so... Uh, yeah, it it was a big part of my life. In fact, I started playing football whenever I was five years old, and I played until I was twenty one. Mm-hmm. Had the opportunity after high school to be a walk on at the University of Alabama. Wow! And so, had the opportunity to be around a really good program uh, at a very poor time when I was there. Uh, it was the before Sa- Saban years. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and so there there was some rock rocky mm-hmm. times there, but. Uh, Nonetheless, uh, learned a lot of things. Uh, saw a, a lot of a lot of good coaching habits and practices and things that I actually kind of moved that forward mm. into my own coaching career after that. And I coached football and softball and a little bit of baseball and other track and other sports along the way in and out for about fifteen years at at high school and middle school levels throughout Alabama and. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it was really really a good experience. Uh, coaching's always been a big thing to me. In fact, I I think coaching is very similar to pastoring. I think that the two are there's a there's an easy crossover for mm-hmm. me for having been a coached, uh, having been a coach, and then also going over into the pastoring role. And mm-hmm. uh, apparently, that was a means for how God prepared me yeah. for, this, for this role. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely, and and I agree. I think there's a lot of coaching aspects in, in pastoring. I see a lot of that in Jimmy. Um, I don't know all Jimmy's background when it comes to that. I know see his military. Yeah, that's right for yeah. sure in yeah. that aspect. So it's it's cool how God sometimes prepares us for things in the future. Absolutely. Um, to that. So so tell me a little bit more about Canaan Baptist Church. Yeah, Canaan uh, actually is the oldest Baptist church in Jefferson County mm-hmm. in Alabama, and it, it celebrated 200 years wow. in 2018. Wow. And so that's a, that's a rarity for a yes. church to have survived so many generations mm-hmm. and continue going. And, and God has continued to bless the church in, in, mm-hmm. in a lot of great ways and has a, a great history there, but also I think our present service is becoming more well-known in the community, and we're, we have a desire for reaching our community. And... Uh, it's 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 a good place with a lot of good people. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, a real genuine heart. Uh, the, the people genuinely love, mm-hmm. and uh, have a willingness to serve in, in whatever capacity. And and we brought a group, even 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 though it was kind of in a shorter notice, we brought a group of twenty up here uh, with us uh, for this mission trip for this week. And that's during the spring break time. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to have another, another trip, which we'll have more that'll come up in the summer. Yeah. And then we have also trips, uh, planned for missions, at least to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And so though that's, that's kind of uh, where we're, how we're kind of getting things kicked back started mm-hmm. with our missions. Uh, but, uh, We've already started the the local community missions and everything, yeah. and we started that with a service a service week that we did last summer, and you know we just find every, every kind of opportunity we can around us to you know be the light that we ought to be. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's good. It's been a really good move, a good transition for us, uh, going back a little bit closer to home, mm-hmm. and. So it's it's good. We're yeah. most blessed. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, you know, I've gotten to to know you just a little bit um, because you've probably been you specifically. I know you had a, you know a couple other churches that you brought yeah. Uh, yeah. up here as well. But um, I think you were telling me 2013. Yeah, 2013. Um, and I know there was a couple years in there where you weren't able yeah. to come because yeah. COVID and things like that. Um, but you're probably the one who's come up the most. So yeah. I guess my question to you is, why do you keep coming here to Huntington, here to New Life Fellowship? You know, um, whenever I started looking for opportunities for a church that was that I was a youth pastor at, mm-hmm. uh, I felt that I felt a strong desire for us to do missions. The church had not previously been engaged in missions. I started searching for opportunities and it really was praying through that, looking, looking, praying. And the thing is, I wanted a mission that was going to be different. Um, and there are a lot of good missions there, but mm-hmm. I wanted something that could be more of a family mission, mm-hmm. one that I felt like had something for everyone. A, a mission where women could actively be involved because so yeah. many of them oh, are, yeah. are only construction missions. Mm-hmm. But yet I wanted something to which men that, that were, that had good use of their hands and construction could, could come and be a good use of that. Uh, those who were, who had more of an evangelistic uh, view and were willing to go and share gospel mm-hmm. truth. Uh, those who could just serve in a soup kitchen as, as young as four and five years old. We have mm-hmm. one of our members this year is a four year old. Yeah. That is accompanying her mother, and mm-hmm. she is serving in the soup kitchen, and mm-hmm. that captures the reason why we keep coming back. Yeah. This is one that, uh, just in the 
friendship that I've developed with with Jimmy mm-hmm. and those of you that I've come in contact mm-hmm. with year in and year out. Uh, you know, you come to know people by name. You yeah. come to expect to see them. You you expect you you love to come back and to see a change yeah. in a community. Uh, we've seen this community change over the last nine years. That that you know that's mm-hmm. I believe a response of God. Yes. Based on the faithfulness and the existence of new life in this community, I think there has been a mm. positive change here. So, even in meeting Jimmy and everything the first year, that's something that I was able to catch the vision in which he had for this mm. community uh, and the ministries which they want to do here. And I, I saw that, that was something that I could buy into and would like to be a part of. Mm. And so, with that, and I'll have my kids come up. I had both my kids allow them to come up whenever they turn five, and. Still to this day, I share with families that I have the opportunity to speak to about why my kids are different. Not to, uh, <laughs> for however you want to want, want to take that, I, I'm really, really blessed with good kids. And though I think there there are factors that go into that, and I believe that it is by the grace of God over those mm. things. Uh, I think one of the elements that has most influenced their life was at a young age coming to serve other people. Mm. And that seems to be a lot different message than what the world is yeah, sharing. Absolutely. That everything's about the world serving you and yeah. everybody's serving you. But for us, it was here that as we are blessed and mm. have the ability, we ought to be helping other people. Mm. And so we, we really try to instill that at a young age. And for on account of that, we keep coming back, mm-hmm. you know, and that's uh, it's been a blessing to us. We only hope to, that we've been as good a blessing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you you and, and, and the people you've brought um, have been a huge blessing. And just, a, you know, the, a little four-year-old girl just yesterday, yeah. um, we horrible job, really, um, going to the old church that, that New Life Ministry owns. And uh, a lot of pigeons have gotten in there. Yeah. They've, they've yeah. pooped and died and all those things. And, you know, we're cleaning it up, throwing old pews and and stuff into the dumpster and watching her you know pick some stuff up and throw it in the dumpster and and those types of things is just a humbling thing to see yeah Yeah. you know that a four-year-old picking up things and helping um when sometimes and as we go into what we know we'll talk about a little bit um adults 30 year old 40 50 say i just don't want to do anything like that yeah absolutely um and so it's a humbling thing to see you know a group of people coming up to serve jesus christ um and serve people that they've never met they don't know um, not only i know you you serve in your community yeah. um you know you obviously try to get better and better like we do yeah. Yeah. Uh, every year and, and i'm sure you're doing that um but just for you to bring a group up here, you know, that people you don't know to share the gospel, to share the love of, of Christ yeah. and all those things is is uh, an encouragement and a motivator for me, myself, and I know for a lot of people oh, yeah. here at New Life. So you've yeah. been a tremendous blessing. So Mitch, tell us about discipleship. Well, I think this is a perfect segue to that because mm-hmm. one of the reasons that I feel, find it most beneficial to do missions and local missions, missions abroad, mm. is that it gives us an opportunity to model what we believe. Yeah. And I think that whenever we start talking about discipleship, I think most people that have been believers for any length of amount of time have discovered someone that's of a, of a greater maturity yeah. or someone that has influenced them in a really mm-hmm. positive way. And I think uh, if they haven't, then that's most unfortunate. That may be yes. one of the shortcomings of the church, the modern mm-hmm. church in a lot of ways. Uh, but I think that's that's a healthy thing for for what 
what Paul has said to imitate me as I imitate Christ. And yeah. I think when you see different aspects where where people of maturity in the faith are supposed to model Christ-likeness yeah. mm-hmm. uh, in the best way. We know with every form of shortcoming and everything that we have, that people do have to look at us with a measure of grace, not mm-hmm. in a sense of setting us on a pedestal mm-hmm. to, the tour, to look at us or address us as something greater, yep. but rather just seeing the humility of a service mm-hmm. and a love of Christ that we're just trying to show the, the next generation. Yeah. So by coming here, we get to go in this. I'm not just directing something, but I'm I'm trying to be involved. Yeah. Here is serving. Here's what here's what my convictions of my heart is through this and serving these people. I'm serving my Lord. Yeah. And I try to model that because discipleship a lot of times is confused with knowledge. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody kind of goes, well, we get our discipleship groups or we mm-hmm. go to our small groups and we say we're a small group generated discipleship. And everything about that, I think, is only on uh, a knowledge, a lot of times just a knowledge based, mm-hmm. you know, discipleship. It's like, well, can we learn God's word? Well, you know, I think James best said it to be, you know, you, that we shouldn't just be hearers of the mm-hmm. word and not doers. Yeah. Uh, and, and so you have this aspect of, you know, true discipleship is being able to take the things which you've heard, yes. the things which you've read and learned, and then be able to practically use them yes. in your everyday mm-hmm. life in a very intentional and specific way to try to not live after your own ego and desires and flesh, as we see that a lot of times, but to live in a spirit of as Christ did. Mm-hmm. And that's, to me, I think is a... An important step in the discipleship process is that part of service, and I think the mature ones even move on to that of, of missions. Yeah, um, and and I I totally agree, you know, with what you're saying. You know, when I first got into the church, um, the only the real reason I would say that really got me to to stay and to to think deeper about you know what it means to follow Christ um, was I had a mature mentor in my life who who showed me what it meant to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And, and I started to think when you had talked to me about what you might talk about on the podcast, you know, what does it mean to be a disciple? You know, what I was thinking, well, you know, you, you got to know the word, you know, um, you got to know what Jesus taught, yeah. those types of things. But then I kind of broke it down to something simple, and that's to follow Jesus Christ yeah. and his teachings and in his actions. And I like, you know, like you brought up Paul when he says, imitate me, you know, as I imitate Christ, you know, we should want, we should be that reflection of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, we should reflect Jesus Christ in every way. And I know uh, you mentioned, you know, we have our shortcomings. You got to sometimes give a little grace um, to, to your leaders in the church, um, to those who are, are, are guiding you through the Holy Spirit, all those types of things, um, because we're not perfect. We're going to yeah, make mistakes, but um, it's just, so important there's something we say in this church or something jimmy says in this church um a lot is experiencing the word of god not just hearing the word of god or just knowing the word of god but actually putting god's word into practice um and you do that through humility you do that through service you know um you know even jesus christ washed his disciples feet yeah you know that's to me that is what we should be teaching the people in our churches, yeah. you know that 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 love to to serve God, that love to serve people, and um, I think that's you know, if if you if you don't have practical discipleship, it's hard for you really to call yourself a true disciple of Christ. Um, and what I mean by that is when Jesus 
says to pick up your cross daily and follow me. Um, you're going, you know, with everything you have. Paul says to be living sacrifices. Yeah. You know, that's our true and proper worship. You know, not to conform to the world, not to serve ourselves like the world tells us to do, not to do what you can to make yourself happy, um, but to follow Christ and let him transform your mind and, and your understandings and all the things that he can only do. Um, you know, then you are holy and, and pleasing to God. Um, you know, you know the will of God. You know, that's what uh, Romans chapter 12 says. Um, and I think that's that's an important piece when you're talking about discipleship. It's not just a knowledge thing, like you said. You have to know it, but you also have to be able to put that into practical, you know, abilities to actually put it into action. Yeah, I think you see a lot of this whenever Christ and and he called the disciples over there in Luke nine twenty three. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, uh, I'll, I'll just kind of flip over there and, and real quick and, and to share that for for those who are mm-hmm. listening. Uh, in Luke nine twenty three, he says, and he was saying to them all, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself mm-hmm. and take up his cross daily and follow me. Mm-hmm. Now, as simple as that may seem, understanding this from the rabbinical way of teaching is to remember these guys, um, you know, they would be taught at an early age for their mother and everything mm-hmm. concerning the rules and the laws. They were memorizing scripture, yeah. uh, you know, to be qualified for further education in this. And eventually they go, as they get older, they get to that 13 range and then they're going to find a rabbi. And they actually would go to the rabbi in order then to, uh, in the rabbi, they would have conversation, which is a line of questioning that was there to see Mm -hmm. if they were qualified Mm -hmm. to follow him. Because think about that in the education system. If today, if I'm being a teacher, and, and I used to be a history teacher in the public schools, and I know that whenever standardized tests had come, that that was a reflection. Whatever they displayed on that paper was a reflection of the teaching which I've done. Mm-hmm. So if they go through there and they, they fail history, well, that's a poor reflection on me yeah. as their teacher. Mm-hmm. So it's, so a lot of times the challenge for a teacher is to motivate the kids to do well, to see mm-hmm. that it's necessary. Oh, well, this isn't a grade. Well, yes, it is a grade. <laughs> yes, it is important. You need to be able yeah. to do this because it's a reflection on your school. It's a reflection of your education. It's a reflection of me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and so... I couldn't imagine that if I knew that there was that 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 kind that if I felt that way about it, if I had the ability to choose my students, mm-hmm. well, to say that I would choose five students perhaps that would represent my teaching. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going for the most apt, just top-notch kids. I'm going to choose from the the highest IQ possible. Yeah. I'm going to teach those who have already shown and displayed an excellence yeah. in their education, yeah, and you. I'm going to take them mm-hmm. and I'm going to say, you five represent me. Yeah. I'll teach you, and then you'll hold up to that standard. Mm-hmm. Well, that's almost really what the line of rabbinical mm-hmm. that, that practice was. It's a line of questioning, do you qualify or not? Yeah. And then what we find is that so many that become disqualified from that, or that the rabbi would go, no, you know what, that's, that, you don't really fit. Mm-hmm. You're not really going to fit with me. You, you can't be a representation of me. Mm-hmm. And so that they, they would then go on out into other practices and all that kind of thing, right? It kind of has the, almost as dropouts in a sense, yeah. right? Well, 
here it is. It, it, the idea was here. You've got to forget everything you've ever known. Whatever you think you know, you're coming in clean slate. Yep. Christ is sharing here. You are clean slate mm-hmm. in your learning. You think you know about education. You think you know about, you know, one of those things whenever I went to college as, you know, I thought I was taught history and I go in there and some concerning like the matters of the Civil War. So they'll mm-hmm. say, you think you know the Civil War, but you don't know the Civil War. Mm-hmm. So whatever you think you know, you need to set that aside. and listen to what I'm about to tell you. And that was much like what was happening for the rabbi. So here's Christ in here going, you think you know religion? You think you've been predisposed to truth? Mm -hmm. Clear your mind of those things. Mm -hmm. And be willing to start anew with me. Mm-hmm. In fact, the idea there that follow me at the very end of that, which we saw there, there's a daily practice of this as it mm-hmm. exemplifies the struggle between where there's a that with that struggle within us of wanting to do things our way and doing mm-hmm. things Christ's way. Yeah. We know that Paul shares that in Romans seven. Mm-hmm. That there becomes that conflict in Romans chapter eight of the yep. spirit in the flesh. Mm-hmm. That there's constantly that struggle that's within, and that's something that though we are justified in faith once for all, but there is a constant mm-hmm. struggle of yeah. who maintains the power and the seat upon our hearts. Yeah. And Christ is saying. And that's a daily commitment toward him. Mm. And furthermore, Amen. then he goes right here to go say, follow me. Well, the idea of that, the rabbinical teaching behind that was that you walk so closely to the rabbi that the dust to which he kicks up settles upon your feet. Mm-hmm. Have you ever walked so close to someone <laughs> that you got dirty because of, the, of, of them going ahead yeah. of you? A path being so dusty? Mm. You have to walk in pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's Christ. Fully expressing that so, and then the next verse of that, whosoever will, whosoever will, if you're willing to do these things here, follow after me. And he was willing to take those, now this is what's most amazing, those who had already been failed by religion. Those who found that religious practices didn't draw them closer to God, mm-hmm. but rather they found that that even the idea that had burned them and they felt rejected by it. And Christ sought out those individuals to start over, to be a new wine to place in that vessel. And so there's Christ working into that. And he started with those former disciples. And it was follow me, mm. not only in teaching, but in absolute in practice. Yeah. Of who, uh, as he led them in a new, a new faith that's in Christ, mm. that's in that's that then also honors God in the way it ought to. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And um, so, I guess my 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 next question would be, as as a pastor of a church, how do you how do you get your people to to experience that kind of discipleship? Wow. I think there has to be a much more intentional approach. Um, I think churches are gaining a, a new understanding of how important that is. I think there 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 has been a season in the church where it's where here here's this form of curriculum. Mm-hmm. Here's these guys teaching. Y'all go ahead with that, yeah. and we call that discipleship. And it was just something that was restricted to an hour. Uh, social, some some more social than others, mm-hmm. and some more learn learning than others. But at the end, we call that discipleship, and I don't know that that really is what Christ was modeling. I think that if more effective discipleship is happening with within groups, which people are really sharing life together, mm. and that 
I think with technology, there's more opportunities of that. I think there's group text messages that are going in where you can communicate daily with yeah. words of encouragement or here's a word here in which people are there and sharing that, sharing life struggles with one another, praying for each other, being very intentional that where people can actually be more open to let others know what their struggles and their burdens are to help carry that. Mm. But I also think that it's modeled after someone that, that gets it. And what you hope is that's not just the pastor. Yeah. The pastor it becomes especially increasingly as the church continues to grow and become larger. Mm-hmm. He it's it's difficult for the pastor to have the close relationships with every single member there. But what the pastor's doing is he's trying to instill that in those right underneath him, mm-hmm. in, in in terms of that are working along with him. Yeah. But here it is: these these men and women, where I'm entrusting this, I'm working, I'm going to work with you in this, and as I model it before you, you are going to model it with, with those that are within your groups. And you hope that, that keeps and continually becomes replicated. I love the idea of older generations, just as the word says, in modeling that before the younger mm-hmm. ones, as the older women is with the younger women, and the and the, and the the older men with younger men, and mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. I think that there's there's multiple layers that go into that. I think it is based on. I think there is a knowledge base and study in that because uh, there's a lot of people that read the Bible don't really understand the Bible. Yeah. So I think that there is. An absolute first starting point of that, mm-hmm. but also I think then the mature actually go beyond just teaching the Bible to saying, "Here's what the Bible looks like," mm-hmm. and not only that, but as circumstances arise, being able to model that in the right way, mm-hmm. because we know there becomes a problem whenever we know what's right, but yet we're incapable of doing that. Yeah, um, you know, and I think that a large part of that is is, is that of a maturity, mm-hmm. you know, that as we continue to mature in that. Yeah. Um, you know, as I would imagine, you know, that would be, you know, sometimes, you know, you see like you were talking about, you know, with discipleship, you know, just this, you know, this, you know, we'll start a discipleship class and, and we'll, you know, we'll, you know, we'll do some fellowship nights and those are good. And I, and I think you need those. Um, but like, you know, the idea of actually going out together and maybe doing something um, to actually pray for one another. Doing things like that sometimes is is a lot easier to start to implement into your life than just the knowledge. You need the knowledge and hopefully figure out how to apply that knowledge. But when you're actually, let's say, you as a pastor taking 20 to 25 people to yeah. Huntington, Indiana, to show them what it means to be a disciple, to to show what it means to lead, also yeah. um, is a huge benefit not only to ourself by doing that, but also to those you lead, those who are behind you, those who trust in you. Yeah. Um, to you know, as a pastor, you know your people trust you to convey the word of God. Yeah. To show what it means to be a follower of Christ, to you know how how is it practically you know how can you practically abide in Christ? You know if Christ tells us to abide in Him, and then we'll produce good fruit. Yeah. You know the things that we should be as a disciple of Christ. You know you as a pastor have to figure out how to not only share that knowledge with them, yeah, of what of what Jesus said, but also how do you actually do it? 
how do you actually abide in Christ? Um, so I think that's a, a huge blessing um, that you're doing right now with your church. Um, and sometimes, you know, as a pastor, you won't know even what it might do. You know, the little four-year-old, maybe she'll be running the children's program. Maybe yeah, she'll be yeah. doing this or that. You know, so that's a huge thing. And she'll understand what does it mean to actually serve? What does it mean to actually be a disciple? So, Mitch, why don't you give, a, you, give us your final thoughts for this discipleship? Yeah, concerning discipleship, I think um, getting, a, getting a good understanding of it is as far as applying the Word, uh, being rooted in the Word, that the foundations of that is in Christ, being able to apply that to our lives in a very intentional way daily, being able to stop for a moment and go, all right, all right, see, what, what does the Word say about this? Because so oftentimes we just kind of jump in and do our own thing. I think also that you see an element of humility that comes into in learning that service and serving people is discipleship. Mm. That is a major part, mm-hmm. I believe, in discipleship. And that's, yeah. that's one of the things that we try to do is give opportunities to serve even at home. Uh, but, it, but additionally, to, uh, I think that we have to understand that everybody has to, to serve for the health of the body in the capacity in which they've been blessed and gifted by the Holy Spirit. Mm. Uh, I, I think a lot of people become confused about it, so that if you are one who's mature or more mature, mature in faith, and you know, we're in a, in a modern context, we say, well, you're, you know, if you're a teenager and you're not afraid to pray or to speak, then you must be going to be a preacher. Mm-hmm. You know, and then there, there's, there's that. And then there's, oh, well, all right, well, if you're young and you're this, I mean, so a lot of times we misapply things, mm-hmm. in, but I think we have to look really to understand that Christ calls people to specific positions. Mm-hmm. I think you kind of get that pretty evident there in yeah. Ephesians 4. Mm-hmm. You know, it's no, just because uh, I, don't, I don't think necessarily that every disciple becomes a teacher by mm-hmm. spiritual gifting. Yeah. I think every disciple is called to make disciples in terms mm-hmm. of sharing gospel truth yes. and help facilitating mm-hmm. that, but to be the actual lead teachers and stuff, that, doesn't, that, mm-hmm. that may not be your spiritual gifting. Yeah. But with everyone, I think part of that, that discipleship is learning the spiritual part of this. What is my spiritual gifting and how am I to use that for the benefit of the kingdom of God? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's a, that's a huge step of maturity. That's one reason why we learn to know God, to also know how it is that we can best serve God, how what our calling is. Mm-hmm. And it's my belief that, that God has a specific service for everyone. Yeah. And I think also additionally, just to trust God in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, based on Philippians 1.4, I truly believe that God's going to finish what he's begun within us. So there are too many that are out there that are afraid uh, that maybe I'm not where I ought to be right now, or I shouldn't be able to do this, but I feel like God's calling me to do it. And they delay, and they do, or they become become discouraged because perhaps you're not as far along in your faith as, or in maturity as others that are. Mm-hmm. But I think we need to really start just looking to ourselves that, examine ourselves, and really just go, just lay your heart open before God. God, I trust you. I've placed my faith in you. And God, when I placed my faith in you, that wasn't something that was done yesterday. Mm-hmm. That was for today and forever. Mm. God, do your work in me and give me the heart to serve you as I'll to. And I for it to be my glory, be God for yours. And, and I think that's a tremendous maturity if mm. we can actually practice that daily. Yeah. And I think with that, you start going, when God's will is at the forefront of my mind, then it's become more a natural outpouring of who we are. 
you're going to see that maturing process. You're going to see, uh, you know, practical faith mm-hmm. in our lives. Yeah. Amen. Um, so our weekly verse is Luke nine twenty three and 24, which says, And he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. So that has been that concludes our episode for this week. I just want to thank yeah. Pastor Mitch and, and, and Canaan Baptist Church yeah. for being a blessing to this church, for serving in, in, in amazing ways that only through the Holy Spirit um, that you've been able to do and, yeah. and all those gifts that He's given us. You've been a blessing to us in that. Um, thank you for coming yeah, all these absolutely. years. Um, not only have you been a blessing to this church, but you've taught me certain things about um, what I need to do as a a pastor and and certain things like that um so that's been a blessing to me so thank you for that um so if you'd like to leave a comment you can do so down below we'd like you to like and subscribe the video um if you'd like to leave a comment somewhere else you can email us at kingdomfaith2001 at gmail.com and thank you for listening to kingdom faith